0: welcome to the face it podcast i'm amy lloyd and i'm amanda lloyd and we are here to have conversations with amazing people who have faced major life challenges or adversity head-on my mom and i hope their stories inspire you and
1: offer relatable solutions that you can use in your life too so So join join us and and let's face
0: it it together. together So today we welcome Kimber Erickson, a wife, a mother, and mental health advocate. We are really grateful for her joining us today. She is the president and founder of Kellen Cares Foundation, which is a nonprofit she created after losing her son, Kellen, at 19 years old to suicide in 2020. So Kimber, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here.
1: Yes. Thank you for
0: having me. And thank you. And, um, we wanted to see if we can start out. I mean, we, we know more, but we'd love to share with our listeners a little bit about Kellen and his life and, you know, growing up. And I know you have other children as well. If you don't mind sharing a little bit of background.
2: Yeah. Um, Kellen was our middle child. We have three, um, he has an older sister and a younger sister. So he was a little sandwich. <laughs> um, and he was, he was just kind of a, a pretty mellow, likable kid growing up. Um, he was real athletic, very interested in sports, um, liked to bug his sisters a lot. Um, <laughs> and he just was always inquisitive and just paying attention to everything. Um, he was just a great, great kid. And I think he was pretty darn cute too. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I know anyone can look at your site and Kellen Caris Foundation. He's so adorable and very handsome. And yeah, like you said, sounds like a typical kid, right? Growing up and, you know, going through school and playing sports and all his friends and great yeah
1: I, I loved looking through those photos on your site it was it was cool to see him just playing sports and with the family um growing up with the girls was he close with them with his sisters he he was close I mean they had that um
2: relationship that was you know that like he was a pest to them and mm-hmm. our younger daughter was especially a pest to him mm-hmm. uh, which you know that made that kind of makes me sad because that's normal but he they didn't get to be, have adult relationships with each other, which, um,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
2: that's, right. that, it's really sad for me that, that is, they didn't that get huge.
0: that. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't even think about that till you just said that that's really something else now that you, you need to manage and help them through guide them through not only your pain, but theirs and the relationships that they had with him.
2: I mean,
0: yeah, family, right.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, it just uh, like I said, they were close, but it was uh, you know brother sister stuff yeah, going on.
0: Of yeah, of course, normal. And why wouldn't it have been? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so. And so. Did, when was there ever a time that you started to notice? I'm now. I'm sure now you have perspective. You could look back, but as he was getting older and going through high school and about to graduate, and what were some of the signs that you saw or that he told you that was going on with him?
2: Um, Well, we did notice at a fairly young age, we got him into brief therapy when he was eight, because he was having some anxiety. He'd get real wound up the night before sports events and um, not be able to sleep. And he kind of panicked uh, because of that. Um, but we took him to a therapist and they really didn't recommend that he, you know, they thought it was pretty normal stuff. Um, you know, I wish maybe in hindsight that we had looked a little bit more into that. Um, but it's hard to know what's normal and, and what's not.
0: Um,
2: and then when we really found out that he was struggling, uh, it was his junior year of high school. Um, he'd actually been caught cheating on a, a test and his teacher had called us um and so i confronted him and he just let it all oh. he let it all out and he had said that he um you know was just struggling um having suicidal thoughts but no plan wow. um one thing that really struck out to me what or stuck out to me was he said that if he's walking down the hallways at school and if he didn't say hi to other people that nobody would say hi to him. Oh, interesting. Okay. And that was, and you know, he was a, he had a lot of friends. He mm-hmm. was well-liked. He had a lot of different groups of friends. So, you know, for him to say that, I just thought, Whoa, if you know, every kid feels that way, I believe that way. I felt that way.
0: I think, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, and I were just talking about this. It is so hard, even when you're really involved, you know, and you, so that's so important to point out that, and I'm so glad he shared that with you, that he was feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. Recognize that.
1: So that all branched from him cheating on a test and the teacher obviously reached out to you to tell you, so was he just saying, even with that test situation that he just felt pressure to do well on the test as well. And then just all these things kind of coming at him.
2: Yeah, it was an AP class and, um, you know, we really didn't push our kids to do those things, um, because I knew that, you know, a lot of times our older daughter was already in college and those AP credits didn't necessarily do her any good other than being in the class and maybe learning at a
1: higher level, but, uh, and the stress of learning at a higher level.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we weren't really pushing that, that kind of thing, but, um, they put pressure on themselves and, um, yeah, so he just was struggling and he just didn't think he was smart enough. Gosh.
0: Yeah. And so then from that conversation, I mean, there's a few things there, obviously. And I think that's also really good for you to point out to other parents that really those AP classes aren't necessarily, doing more good maybe more harm than good because of the pressure
2: right right yeah there is a lot of pressure and I feel like the school counselors that's what they have to focus on they're not focusing on their mental well-being right um, because there's not enough time they have to focus on what classes they're going to take and Mm -hmm. you know that higher level stuff
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and then from there where do you go when he's telling you how he's feeling
2: Um, well, I jumped into, (laughs) to mom, mom mode and, uh, we got him into the pediatrician. He had his vitamin D tested. We got him into therapy. Um, he did, he did well, you know, in the second part of that year and into all the way through most of his senior year, he, he, uh, you know, did well in basketball and soccer and School and he had a great girlfriend who was really kind and supportive and um yeah then we didn't notice it until the end of his senior year really.
1: So did did he bring it up again at all after you then were getting him kind of some resources to work through it or did he just kind of dive back into life after that moment and not say it Um,
2: again? Yeah, we talked about it um, and he continued to have therapy. Off and okay. on. Um, but it really got bad that spring. It was May. He was supposed to graduate in June. Mm-hmm. And um he had an AP test. And again, that made him feel not great. Um or
0: potentially for him.
2: Yeah. 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 And then um, he was in the final four his Ferris High School. Um, soccer team was in the final four state and that after that ended that weekend um, I believe that because that was the end of his competitive sports that was kind of part of his breakdown but he he really started sharing that on the way home from that weekend because we were over in the Seattle area and he said I don't feel like I can talk to anybody I don't he just couldn't even express what he was feeling. But at that point it was uh, depression cause he couldn't okay. function.
1: Wow. And at this point how, I mean, I guess ever since he told you but then working through that next kind of year or so um, how did your daughters and your husband take that? Just, was it kind of a full family effort to try to get him mm-hmm. quote unquote better? Yeah, do what you can.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I feel like there was a lot of
2: deer in the headlights, you know, like, what do we do? There was a lot of commotion going on in the house where he, I mean, you could see the mental anguish. He, We took him to the ER twice because we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about not wanting to be around, wanting to kill himself. Um, he had, you know, if he had had a gun access to a gun he had told us that he would have done that wow um so you know luckily we didn't have access yeah but
1: but was it that matter of fact from him like there was nothing you could say he was just saying I would want to do this and if this was here I would have already done it
2: yeah he just said I can't do it because of you guys
0: okay i'm not i'm
2: not going to be able to do it because of you okay um and we were all i would say we were all really supportive i mean we were trying to do what we knew Mm -hmm. um i was i stayed with him 24 7 he wanted me he wanted me to sleep in his room i slept on a mattress in his room on the floor
0: and did he Um, want you to because he was scared that he would do something
2: I think he was just scared about the way he was feeling. Gosh. Um, it was, yeah. it was really imagine. apparent, you know, I know a lot of people don't have that. They don't see that before somebody takes their life, but mm-hmm. I could feel it in my, just deep down what he was struggling with. So
0: yeah. And, and he, he's uh, telling you, and I yeah. can imagine as a mother hearing that and trying to do everything and, you know, feeling like hopeless almost like at at a loss Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean um I just I feel for him so much too you hear that
1: so much just about mental health and there's you know people that want to help and in your own head you're just thinking you're never like things are never going to be different it's you just think it's not going to get better so it's so hard to get out of that
2: Right. And he thought he was the only person that felt that way. You know, I told, we told him this is textbook depression and anxiety, what you're feeling and you, you will feel better. Um, but he just, he couldn't see past that.
0: He didn't believe Um, that. And did, was he on medication at this point?
2: Um, we did get him on medication. Everything took so long, you know, to get the therapy appointments and to, um, the medication they told us would take four to six weeks, even if it, and it couldn't, maybe wouldn't work that, that medication that he was on. And then, um, we got him into an um, outpatient program that was kind of an intensive outpatient program. Mm -hmm. Um, but that took, you know, we had to wait three or four weeks for that. Now it's even worse. With oh,
0: I bet. No. The, the, yeah. the
2: wait. I mean, that was actually pretty quickly <laughs> compared to what things are like right now. But um, so just that waiting. Um, what do you do? Oh,
0: God. Yeah. Exactly. And like you said, I mean, that is now your mission with Kellen Cares is that this is a crisis. Yes. And, you know, getting help, I mean, minimum help is not even possible right now. So I know that you're trying, we'll talk about that, but trying to make a difference there. Um, so so you're going on day to day, sleeping with in, on his bedroom floor, you know, watching him, is one of the family members with him at all times?
2: Yeah, yeah, well, luckily we have a great extended family and um, eventually I did go to work, um, here and there and he'd stay with at my parents' house um okay. and he was okay. very willing to do anything. He wanted to feel better. Yeah. And he yeah. he really was he did everything we asked of him.
0: Yeah. That is wow. so difficult. I mean, I can't even imagine. I know you and I were talking a little bit about, you know, I had just read the Naomi Judd book, right, when you mm, and Right, I, right. And yeah. I just think she explained it so well that it's like imagining everything possible the worst that could happen happens on the same day and you just see your way out of it
1: yeah Yeah.
2: definitely there's no just shaking it off I mean that's that's not that's not a thing when you're deep into it like that
1: yeah. No. And it's hard yeah because we all want to make things better for other people but yeah for them telling them things are going to be okay or you know it's not going to matter a while from now it doesn't work like that when you're in that headspace. Mm-hmm. So Kimber after he, he was kind of doing worse and kind of had to be watched um what was that? Like I mean what kind of took him from there?
2: I you know he did get better. Um, by the end of that summer, he was doing really well. Um, and this is
0: after graduation, correct?
2: This was after yeah. graduation. Okay. Yeah, he didn't, okay. he wasn't able to attend his own graduation because he was too depressed at that point. Okay. Um, but he got into that um, outpatient program. I, I don't know if it was the, that program or the meds or or just, you know, time that kind of got him to a better place. Um, but he, he, we decided as a family that it was best for him not to go to college that fall. Mm -hmm. We made that decision together. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if that was the right decision. Um, he was Mm -hmm. let all his friends left and he Mm -hmm. was here and, Um, at that point,
0: was he able, was he able to work or was he doing anything? Yes. Okay.
2: He, he got a job as as a, um, grocery store checker. Okay. Um, and that seemed to be going pretty well. Um, Mm -hmm. he unfortunately started using marijuana very heavily.
0: Okay.
2: I would say in that September, um, I mean like every day.
1: Okay. Lots, did, he, lots of did he say that helped him? I mean, was he open about it? Just saying like, well, mom, mm-hmm. this helps me or, oh, okay.
2: He, yeah, kind of, but it went really quickly to a point where it wasn't like he was relaxed or chill. It was, he was kind of ramped up. Wow. And that's with the research that I've done about marijuana today, that seems to be what's happening is it's so potent that it doesn't just chill you out. Um, it, especially on an anxious brain, Mm -hmm. it, it, it just hits everybody so differently, but on a, on a youth brain, marijuana is
1: horrible. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's yeah. such a good point, Kimber. I didn't even think about that. Cause I've read a lot of stories about that and now that it's for sale and people are doing so much stuff to it and all the, like, oh it's God. not, uh, there's a lot more to it. Yeah. It's a lot stronger. There's different things in it. So, yeah. and he doesn't so. know that stuff. So, yeah, no, he
2: just, and even the research that I did at that point, it said nothing about, you know, no, it's not addictive. I think in the last two years, uh, the media has at least been putting it out there now
0: yes um, is dangerous and the different doses and the vaping mm-hmm. there is some awareness now but yeah not enough right there needs
2: to be more most yeah. parents that I talk to are just in shock when I Oops, tell them sorry. that how potent yeah. it is
0: yeah absolutely yeah. so oh can Amanda can you hear us
1: yeah yeah oh, sorry my um, computer was doing something
0: and then, so Kimmer, do you, do you think then this was sort of one of the final um, steps for him was his brain, you know, getting in this fog of the marijuana or mm-hmm. whatever he, was he vaping or doing? Uh,
2: mostly just, he was rolling it into these things called blunts.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay. yeah. Got it.
2: Um, but I don't know. I mean, there could have been, there could have been more. Yeah. Um, so at that point he was, you know, disrespecting our house. And so, you know, he just wasn't himself
0: at all. Was he still showing up for work?
2: Yes, but he would show up late. He was kind of burning some bridges there. Um, yeah. And there was just a series of kind of bad decisions, I believe, due to the marijuana.
0: Due to them. Well, yeah. And you have the best perspective and as his mother, you can see what's happening yeah
2: yeah Yeah.
0: really and that was over a fairly quick period of time after he started doing okay yeah okay
2: September he he stopped he stopped using it in December and um then January the anxiety just came back like a Hmm. it was just uh he he became very 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 anxious and from what I read that that is what can happen when you come off of it.
0: When you come Um, off of marijuana,
2: you're more anxious than ever.
0: And could Uh, he explain
1: what was making him anxious? I know sometimes it's hard to articulate, but was it like pressures of life being an adult, not knowing what he was going to do next? I mean, I'm sure it had a lot to do with it, but could he explain that to you? um yeah he did he did tell us that he didn't know he thought he had to have it all
2: figured out what he wanted to do Mm -hmm. and um it he would just kind of ignore it and shut down because he didn't want to face that Mm -hmm. um yeah so he was very anxious and then um he ended up losing that job okay right before he died um he was fired from that job because he had a lot of miscommunication. I think it had built up from when he was showing up late for work. Um, and so a few days before he died, he lost that job. So that was a big thing in his mind, even though to me that, yeah. you know, you can, you can rebound from that. Right. right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. But to him, did he think you guys were we upset or was it more like that was a failure on him?
2: Failure on him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And what made him stop um, smoking and rolling the blunts? You said he stopped.
2: Well, that was um, because he, um, I told you that he had had some bad decisions. He was actually arrested for a DUI and that was from the marijuana.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it.
2: Yeah. So he kind of yeah. had to had to go he off of it
0: and he so he yeah. had the wherewithal to know i mean this entire time it sounds like you know he knows what's going on he has the like you said he wanted to try he tried all these things he knew he had to stop obviously he's got pulled over he still has to or got a dui yeah. he has mm-hmm. to stop so he has his wits about him the whole time for the most part right it sounds like until some of the erratic he, at the end
2: yes i mean yeah he he just it took away his he didn't care about what he was doing when okay. he was smoking heavily yeah. and then once he got off of it he was apologizing to us and i'm i mean i'm grateful that we had that sweet kellen back yeah. that we lost for two months mm. but um he just was beating himself up for the yeah. way he had acted and mm. you know
1: yeah. 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 So hard on himself. It's his yeah. mental health, unfortunately made him make some decisions that then exacerbated it even more because he was disappointed in himself. It's so sad because you could tell how, um, smart and what a good person he was, but yeah.
0: Yeah. he was
1: so hard on himself.
2: Very, very much so. Yeah.
0: And did he, and because before, you know, when he talked about attempting, he was saying that, I'm not going to do it because of you and the family. And so now we get to where he does take his life. Did he call anyone before? Did he leave a letter or anything?
2: No, nothing, nothing. Okay. Um, so yeah, nothing. We didn't get wow. anything. We looked, we looked for notes. There was nothing. I truly believe that that day it was, I don't think he'd been necessarily planning it for a long time I mean obviously you'd had thoughts of it sure. before um but I think it was kind of a
0: like spur in the, of the
2: spur of the moment thing like oh. it just got to be too much
0: yeah yeah and, yes, and is that, Kimber is that common because I do hear about that a lot with suicide and t- that it isn't often planned it is in that moment I mean is that yeah. part of yeah yeah of- especially,
2: um, some of these real younger kids that you're hearing about. I mean, I've heard about so many 12 year olds recently. And, um, I do believe that they just, you know, one little thing, you break a video game or, uh, you know, something can Mm -hmm. girl breaks up with them and it can, it can go pretty quickly. And that's why, you know, you need to have those conversations with your kids at,
0: a at young, a young age. Um, yeah. You and I were talking about that, about prevention is imperative. It's such a he, like said, crisis in our country for so many decisions, but it starts at such an early age. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask also, did he still have his girlfriend? No,
2: she, she went off to college. So they broke okay. up before she left. It was amicable and, okay. Um, she stuck with him that whole summer that he was struggling yeah she was great um but i know that he was sad about that i mean
1: yeah yeah Yeah. but like you yeah it is it's all normal um teenage things unfortunately yeah he just he didn't know how to handle it um so when kimber if i could ask you when so it was a car accident from my understanding. Mm-hmm. Did you know immediately that it probably wasn't an accident? Yes. Okay. Um,
2: pretty immediately. I mean,
1: I actually felt it before I
2: even knew that something had happened. Mm. Um, but he, mm-hmm. he talked about it the summer before, um, crashing his car into, oh. he, he told us that that was one of the methods, um, which is, really scary because, uh, and I I can't bring myself to look up things about suicide or mm-hmm. ways. Okay. Yeah. I can't do that, but any given kid can get on a computer, type it in, and they'll find the most efficient yes. ways to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I just watched a documentary on this guy who jumped off uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, and he said the first thing that he found when he punched in that word was this is the closest place to you, you know, go to the golden gate. This guy actually survived it, but,
1: um, he did. Oh my God. I've heard that often. And we have my mom's sister, my aunt is a nurse psych practitioner. And, um, she tells me there's a lot of patients that come in wanting to mirror what other people Mm -hmm. have done. Yeah. Yes. They're basically yeah. right. Learning those methods. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like there should be regulation on that. I feel like the internet shouldn't, I know we have freedom of speech and yeah, but, um, it's, that's really horrible yeah.
0: that a 12, yeah. even
2: a 12 year old can go on there
0: and yeah, figure that's out a hundred, how to do it. Huge issue. And do you think that Kellen had researched that? Yes. You do believe that. Okay. Yes. About driving. I, I, I know.
1: He told me that.
2: Oh, we, he we, I mean,
0: researched it. Yeah. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yep. You're so right though, Kimber, this social media and the internet age. I mean, I can't even imagine. I tell my mom that all the time. If I was going to school during this day and age, I cannot imagine how I would handle it.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: yeah, And there's so many things they could find out without talking to any parent about it. So just scary.
2: Yeah, it is. And like I said, that's where these conversations need to come up. And, um, you know, everything that I've learned is you do outright ask them, are you thinking about killing yourself? Not, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Because that could mean, you know, I'm going to, yeah get, get rid of this pain and yeah. they're thinking that that's the right thing
0: mm-hmm. yeah. is there anything now that you know looking back and then now all of the knowledge you have under your belt and I know all the work you're doing with um, boys and young men's mental health is there anything that you can now look back and think oh gosh if we could have tried this or that i mean do, do you go through that still or are you at peace with that you guys did everything you possibly could
2: um i don't think we'll ever be at peace with oh. it i do feel like i did everything or we did everything that we knew mm-hmm. to do um i would have asked him more that you know that month of january i would have asked him more about are you going to kill yourself are you thinking about that we didn't bring that up as much and i think that is the fear of you're going to push them into doing it
0: yeah um,
2: which everything that is the studies say is that don't worry about that that oh they're not yeah
0: because that is scary i wouldn't want to ask that either because it's almost like you think as a mother you're bringing it up again and maybe they've right. gotten that they you know wanted to do that right. so yeah. ask very directly are yeah. you going to kill yourself? Yes. Wow.
1: Which yeah. would be so hard, but it makes sense. That's Hardful. so smart to do is just to yeah be direct about it and not kind of beat around the bush. So, Kimber, at um, when Kellen finally did, unfortunately, um, kill himself with you, you know, his sisters and your husband also having known what was going on, um, were they not that it wasn't devastating, but were they able to handle it? as well how you have just kind of like you know understanding he was going through that as hard as that was was it was it shocking to them Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I mean it was it was shocking um even though we knew but I always think about that because there are lots of suicides where people had no clues or they didn't Mm -hmm. see the clues um but you know we talk about it a lot we're real open our girls um feel pretty good about talking about it um our younger daughter was 16 at the time so she didn't open up as much but she's getting better about that now that she's 19 now okay um but they they both are 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 pretty open about it we like to talk about him we don't you know people are sometimes afraid to bring him up to Mm -hmm. but we want to talk about him i mean we feel like we need to talk about him
1: yeah it was your son brother it's just he he seemed so great and led such a great life
2: yeah
0: Mm -hmm. and so then Kimber how um soon after Kellen's passing did you decide that you needed to step in to do something and make a difference and start Kellen Keres Foundation
2: uh we we thought about that right away. I mean, I think with the frustration of all the things that we'd been through already, what, okay, so what are we missing? What could we, what can we do? Um, Males are almost four times more likely to die by suicide than females. Um, Not females do attempt, I Mm -hmm. think more than males, but it's just that violent, that quick way that's the difference in their brains. that leads them to complete suicide more often. So that's why we decided we needed to focus on um, boys and young men.
0: Yes, that makes sense. And you are, excuse me, Amanda, sorry. You're you're (laughs) working with um, leading mental health care professionals, correct, that are helping guide. I know you have a big conference. Will you plan to do a big conference once a year? Yes, we're we're
2: already planning on um, doing it in April of next year. We did April of this last year with um, Dr. Michael Gurian, who is a therapist and best-selling author, um, and he's really a gender brain expert, so he knows girls and boy brains and what their learning styles are, you know, um, it's very he's very scientific and so sometimes it's way over my head, but he knows his <laughs> stuff and he's, yeah. he's an excellent presenter.
0: Yeah. I know. I'm so sorry. We missed that conference. We need, we will be at your yes. next yes. one. And um, yeah. it's like, everyone needs to have this knowledge that he has about like every yeah. parent. I mean, when you have a baby to understand how the brain works with the male or female mm-hmm. is, yeah, seems paramount.
1: Yeah, definitely. And to your
0: point, Kimber,
1: about, I mean, even though that they have counselors housed in schools, because all schools do, it's just, unfortunately, the schools aren't equipped to accommodate students that either have different learning Um, not disabilities, but ways they learn. And same with, you know, their mental health as well. They're really not equipped to handle it. So they fit these kids into a box and hope that most can kind of just get through in this box. Um, So it's just so great that you're, you know, providing resources for parents that they probably don't know what to do or where to go. Yeah, right.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and one of our big things that we're looking at is uh, getting some peer-based programming put into the, the schools. I've been looking at a couple different um, programs that are promising because I do feel like t- before it gets to the crisis level, you need to have your people surrounding you. I mean, they're with mm-hmm. those kids every day um, that, that can pay attention and be the helpers and mm-hmm. re- be able to refer them to to somewhere where they can get help.
0: That peer-to-peer connection is so imperative. And as you mentioned, even the first time Kellen was talking to you, he was feeling like people aren't saying hello to him. Yeah. I mean, it's, so incredibly powerful so I love that you're going to do that Mm -hmm. and will you also impart so I'm just thinking of other parents like listening or that are like oh my god like seeing signs now in, in their children I mean what would you tell them or will you have resources for people to come to Kellen Cares and maybe you know offer out therapists that they can reach out to. Yes. Okay.
2: That's uh, one of the things I, th- I know you and I talked about that is gathering a list of therapists. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, and I, person. I've been struggling to find that, but I'm, I'm
0: working on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
0: yeah you are okay. going to be the person people come to. I mean, in there,
2: yeah, there are a lot of telehealth options that are kind of interesting to look at now too, because Spokane, the Spokane area, the therapists either have a w- big waiting list or um you know they're they're just not available
0: that's right and
2: there aren't enough of them and so i've been looking at a few telehealth options that we're probably going to put on our website
0: okay good um, yeah yeah It is really difficult right now. And like Amanda said, you know, my sister is the nurse practitioner of psychiatry and she can't, cannot, and we know this from everyone in our worlds that we talk to, she cannot keep up. There's just no possible way to see these people that need desperate help.
1: Right. And then and there, you t- you talk about like the virtual therapy, Kimber, like you were saying, and um, candidly, I've done it a couple of times, but it's not, it's not cheap. It's not a cheap right. service. So it's like, right. yeah, you can't get into somebody locally that possibly insurance can cover. You could mm-hmm. go online, but you're paying $400 a week. It's like, how can we not help these people outside of draining their resources, you know, they
0: even have any, Right. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: right. Right. So um, just, figuring all that out and, and maybe uh, raising, raising money to help some of these people that don't have the, the resources to be able to afford it.
0: That's Um, it. And that's what I was going to say about you. I mean, you have such a strong family in this, you know, nucleus, and we're able to surround Kellen and get him all the support and where a lot of people don't, don't have that, you know? And so it is, it's like, how, how do we, help get help readily available which yeah it's a such a huge feat um
2: yeah that's why we wanted to get our website out first because we do have resources and just things articles you can read and things you can do and yes um and in the meantime
1: which is so great i just I sifted through it and I just, I love, I love the website. I think it's great. And the fact that, yeah, if you had more questions, you could reach out to, to you just to see um, where you guys can help. But the website's a great resource just to start with.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I really
1: like it. Mm -hmm.
0: And Kimber, what would you say to someone if they are in the midst of this, like they, you know, they're facing this, what would you say, like, would be the first thing that they need to do?
2: Um, well, I think they should see their doctor first.
0: Okay. Their um, primary care doctor.
2: Yes. Okay. And, um, you know, do all that, do all that testing just to make sure it's not a, like a vitamin D or, a, um, just, I, I do think your brain is physical, but you know, other parts of your body could be affecting. Your mental health as well Mm -hmm. um so that's where i would start but you know you can go you can start with therapy you can go to your pastor if you're Mm -hmm. you know religious
0: Mm -hmm. um just somebody that you trust okay so somebody reach out to somebody that you trust Yes. But do
1: you think, I'm just curious, Kimber? because I've heard this from people sometimes where did Kellen never run into where, okay, he's telling you guys, he's having thoughts of killing himself. If he were to tell a doctor that, did they ever try to commit him to like, you know, do that? What is it? The Baker act on him or something? Because I feel like people are scared to say they're having those thoughts. Um, if right. they may get committed, you know?
2: Right. Um, well, we were in the ER twice and they gave us the option of okay. putting him in okay. the, the scary part of that was what we were told after being there for hours. And it's no fault of the ER. They just don't have the proper, you know, people there. They don't have enough. They don't have, they don't have the training. Um, but they, they were going to put him in, an, in like a, what a psychiatric, um, right. inpatient, But the only thing that they would have been able to do was just to keep him safe for seven days, is what they said. Okay, maybe maybe get him on medications, but they told us there wasn't going to be any therapy. There was, you know. And I said, well, I can keep him safe at home. I mean, I can be with him. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna.
1: That's good. They gave you the option. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: Yes. Definitely. um, That. But and he was. It was tricky for us because he was already eighteen. Mm -hmm. when we were there. So he was, he's technically an adult. Yeah. And
0: so he was able to make that decision for himself.
2: Yeah. With, with our help, he was luckily he was willing to do what we recommended.
1: Oh, okay. That's really good. Cause I've also heard that too, where they're talking, if the patient is an adult, they're only talking to the patient who may not be in their right state of mind, you know? Right. So I'm just so thankful they let you bring him home. Cause I've heard some horror stories about that. Right. And I could imagine that people wouldn't want to admit that if they're not going to have a choice to go home or not, you know? Yeah. So. And
2: I think, you know, I, I think it was probably more traumatizing for him to be in the ER. I mean, we did what we had to do. Because- of course. We but didn't know. To stay know, there but, would have been yeah
0: detrimental. It sounds, I mean, from everything we hear and read and see, just to be overly medicated is really not going to help. Right. Right? right. right. Yeah. Um, Kimber, you had mentioned, and I cannot think of the acronym and the words, but there's a training that organizations and companies can do, and I shared that I would like our organization um, do that. Oh can yeah. You know,
2: yeah. Like, um. QPR. Trying, called- QPR question um persuade and refer is okay. what it is okay um and and there's an organization called fail safe for life that where you can go to their website and um you can get that training but you really can type in QPR and there's trainings everywhere. I think you can even do online. Possibly? I think so,
0: because after you and I spoke, I looked it up and I was just trying to find, cause I left it open on my phone. But what I'm thinking obviously is that, yes, we'd love to share the organizations can do that, but also schools, right? I mean, yeah. it would be very important for schools to have this implemented.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the local high schools, we're going to um, do that. We're going to, sponsor a training for the the coaches for the athletics and then hopefully you know we'll get more for the teachers and and counselors and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the counselors hopefully have done it before but um, if not we're wanting to bring that to to the schools if possible
0: that would be great and again I mean yes start locally but it is so necessary on a national and global level you know yeah yeah So thank you for sharing that again. So that, and we'll also put some of those resources in the show notes and of course, Kellen Cares Foundation. Yes, and do
1: tell us when you need people, volunteers, mentors, help. Um, I know there's a couple amazing men in our family that have um, wanted to also pay it forward with other young men, Um, and so I think that would be cool too to donate those resources. Should you should you need them, so just let us know.
2: Nice, yeah, it's it's crucial for men to be involved Mm. in this. Um, the The boys need that in their lives. They need that mentor
0: i agree yeah yeah especially the ones that don't have that at home yeah yeah more so so. you and don't so well thank you kimber very much for being so generous with um sharing your time and your life and your story and opening up to us we appreciate it and just hold you in our heart so much and really appreciate all the work that you're doing and sending so much love to you and your family and yeah just
1: thank you for being so open and i'm so sorry for the circumstances but i'm so impressed how you guys are are paying it forward um well thank so you we're happy to help in any way and appreciate you being here
2: <laughs> <laughs> well you guys are great thank you so much for having me
0: thank you so much for joining us and for listening to this episode Please share with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe. We're looking
1: forward to the next episode and we'll talk to you soon.